We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Big hug to all of y'all. Let me show you this clip of President Trump over the weekend. Now, a great leader and a great communicator, whether it's an orator or a leader that talks in small private groups or one-on-one, they can break things down to the least common denominator, to the most basic essence. And I want to show you a clip of President Trump from over the weekend, bringing it and boiling it all down to what's really going on here in less than one minute. Are nasty. These are Democrats that definitely hate me. They hate you too, I have to tell you. Whether New York City or state, Fulton County, what do you think of Fawny? What do you think, Fawny? Huh? Huh? F-A-N-I. That's pronounced Fanny, but you're not allowed to say it. It's Fawny. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That's Fulton County. That's Atlanta. Or Washington, D.C. The people couldn't care less about justice. These people, they're not looking for justice. They only care about how to stop crooked Joe Biden's political opponent. That's me. And how to inflict as much pain as possible. But here we are. President Trump, absolutely correct. The bottom line is how can they stop crooked Joe Biden's political opponent, Donald Trump? because he represents us. Then President Trump says something that gets the people uh, cheering. And it goes back to what I talked about yesterday in our previous episode. They've been doing this for seven years and we won, excuse me, we won twice. And now we're gonna win a third time. We'll win a third time. Yes, we won twice, but the second time, They rigged it and President Trump isn't in the Oval Office and he's in court. We're going to win it a third time, but what guarantee do we have that what we win will actually be, or who wins will actually be the person that's going to be sworn in on January 20th, 2025? And I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. My job is to be a realist. All I am at this point that I have, I'm being transparent with you is I have faith and hope that the hand of providence will help us stop the rigging and put President Trump back in. Because good, moral, righteous people are pleading with our Father in Heaven to please stop these Marxist robber barons who have infiltrated every level of our government from being able to win using their dastardly plots, skullduggery, schemes, and other nefarious ways that they have to put their people in power over what the people want, which is supposed to be how our representative form of a Republican democracy that we have works. I'm just having faith and hoping that God hears our prayers because no one in Washington's fighting for us. We're not fighting for ourselves. No one has stopped the steal. No one corrected what happened in 2020, 2020. In 2022, they got away with it again. What makes us think that in 2024, it's magically going to be fixed? 
President Trump will win a third time. And for the second time, someone else could end up being president. And I saw your comments. Many of you feel the same way I do. Now, let me tell you what I think they want to do. They, they want to have the first female president. They want that first female president to be Kamala Harris. They're going to kick Joey By, uh, Biden to the curb before the Democrat National Convention. They'll, the, Kamala Harris will come in. She'll be the first female president. And then they'll kick her to the curb and put somebody else in to go against President Trump in 2024. And then they'll rig the election for that person. Or, since they don't, since they know that Joey can't win, they can have their other puppet on the Republican side, Nikki Haley. Is that far-fetched? We know that when they put Obama in, if you talk ill of Obama, oh, you're a racist. Well, if they put Kamala Harris in, they could say that you're a racist misogynist, but no one likes uh, Kamala Harris. Even black people don't like her because she's not really black, whatever black is. But I think we all know what we mean by that. But Nikki Haley, oh, you're against brown people, even though I could see Nikki Haley walk past me if I don't know who she is. I wouldn't think that she's Indian. You know, maybe of some brown thing from a brown person, possibly ethnic, but I wouldn't be able to exactly pinpoint her. But they they want Nikki Haley. They want their first female president. They want their puppet. Let's look at some of the genius with which we were blessed the last couple of days coming out of the pie hole of Kamala Harris. This is a genius herself telling us about the importance of NATO unity. Our membership in NATO has been a role that is about a commitment to our allies based on shared principles of what it means to abide by democratic principles that have historically ensured stability and security for those participating in this partnership. And now, deep thoughts with Heels Up Harris. Now, some of you will chuckle and get that reference. Deep thoughts uh, by Jack Candy, I think was the, the fictitious character. That's from Saturday Night Live back in the 90s when Saturday Night Live was still funny. But it's not funny what we have to deal with anytime Kamala Harris opens up her breathing hole attached right below her nose. Harris shared her deep thoughts with Western leaders in Munich, Germany this week, talking about the role and her commitment and sharing her wisdom. And of course, she stood in front of a flag, not just an American flag, but a Ukrainian flag for added effect. The Munich Security Conference wrapped up in Germany with a united front of Western leaders supporting the continuation of the war in Ukraine. But they want a ceasefire in Israel and in Gaza. And Western leaders were also pushing for a Palestinian state next to Israel. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu put an end to uh, that reality or that idea by releasing a statement rejecting wholeheartedly what the West wants. Okay, I'm telling you, they want a female president, Nikki Haley and or Kamala Harris. 
They want their brown woman president. Here's Nikki Haley, Sunday on ABC This Week. So, so we're, we're just about out of time, but I, I've got to ask you, you had said earlier in this process that you will support Donald Trump if he wins the Republican nomination. But since you made that pledge, um, he has encouraged NATO, uh, he encouraged Russia, said he would encourage Russia uh, to do whatever the hell it wants uh, with, with a NATO ally. Absolute lie, rolling off their forked tongue as if it were truth. President Trump never said, hey, Putin, do whatever you want to any NATO country. Do whatever you want to Germany. Do whatever you want to Ukraine. You know, it was not a NATO country. A bunch of lies. A bunch of lies. And, you know, this is pretty much an exchange between a liar interviewing another liar. You have called him diminished, unhinged, unfit for office. Are you still making that pledge that you would actually support, after all of that, Donald Trump for president of the United States? if he beats you for the Republican nomination? I mean, keep in mind, I am running against him. No, I know. For a reason. I'm running against him because I don't think he should be the right... I don't think he's the right person at the right time. I don't think he should be president. The last thing on my mind is who I'm going to support. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to win this. The only way Nikki Haley has a snowball's chance in hell of winning is if they kill President Trump. That's really the only way. Even if he was an imprisoned, people are still, as long as President Trump's alive, they're going to vote for him. And they're not going to vote for Nikki Haley, even if they throw him in prison. The only thing on my mind is how we're going to make sure that we correct what's happening in America and we bring this country back together, allow her to heal and move on in a strong way. Absolute rhino and establishment talking point. We stole the election of 2020, but we want you guys to move on. Healing, peace, coming together under our puppet that we give you. You want a Republican? Okay, we'll give you a Republican female, Nikki Haley. Let's come together. Let's heal. Let's heal this nation. They want us to forget that they screwed us over and stole the election and everyone that had power in government turned a blind eye or was threatened and did nothing. And we're just supposed to move on Move on from 2020. Move on in 2022 that Carrie Lake is not the governor of Arizona. That Katie Hobbs stole the, her own election. Move on from what they're doing in, in Maine and Colorado, keeping President Trump off the ballot. Move on and let the nation heal. This is what I call bull malarkey. I'm not thinking about who I'm going to support in an election. But, but, but you've already said it. We are going to have a... We are going to have a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. And if Donald Trump is the nominee of the, in, for the Republican Party, he will not win. Every poll shows that. He will not win. And we will have a president, Kamala Harris. I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not stopping. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to do this for the long haul and we're going to finish it. Nikki Haley saying it. We're going to have a female president. It's either going to be me or her. Okay, we would explain how Nikki Haley could possibly win. That's how they kill Trump. How could Kamala Harris be president? Oh, yeah, when they kick Joe Biden to the curb before the Democratic National Convention, then they can bring somebody else in. But did you hear the lie, the facility, with which the ease with which she let those lies over her tongue? Every poll shows that Trump can't win. What freaking alternate universe is she living in? President Trump is crushing it in every single poll. He's beating everybody. 
including Kamala Harris, who Kamala Harris pulls worse than Joe Biden. So how is it that President Trump would lose if Nikki, Nikki Haley is saying if she's not in, it's going to be President Trump versus Kamala Harris, and Kamala Harris is going to win because every poll shows that President Trump can't beat anyone, including Kamala Harris, who polls less, who has a, a, a less favorability than even Joe Biden, who has the worst of any president in the modern era. All she has to do is stick it, stay out there as long as she can to see if they jail President Trump, which won't stop us voting for him, or if they can assassinate him. I'm sorry, folks, that I'm talking uh, in scary language. I don't want, I love President Trump. I want him to win. He won in 2020. I want him to win and be able to serve. And millions of us do. 70 million, 75 million, 85 million. I don't know the number. But they're not going to allow that to happen. They're going to do everything to stop us. And they stopped us in 2020 and 2022. Please, folks, give me something that points to that they're going to be thwarted in 2024. But don't worry. We'll have Kamala Harris and Kamala Harris or Nikki Haley, either one, even if it's Kamala Harris for just a few months so she can go down in the history books as the first brown female president. Whether it's Nikki Haley or Kamala Harris, either one of these brown women are going to continue the war in Ukraine because they can't stop the money laundering money train now, can they? Do you think that Ukraine can survive a year this year on the battlefield without American aid? Ukraine needs our support and we must give it. We must give it. We must give them that support. Wow, what wisdom, what conviction. What eloquence. Okay, so you know the two things they want, right? Are money for Ukraine and they want to virtual signal when it comes to Israel. Okay, let me remind you of something. As the time I'm recording this, I don't know, it's been 150 days. 150, 100, 100, sorry, 136 days from Tuesday, or, or, or thereabouts, from Tuesday, February 20th, today, since October 7th. But this is what Kamala Harris has to say, as if there hasn't been hostages for over four months now in Gaza. It's critically important to get a hostage deal, and we are working around the clock on that. Um, we have been very adamant that we need to get the hostages out as soon as possible and working with Qatar, working with um, others to figure out how we can help make that possible. We've got to get those hostages out. Ooh, Kamala Harris used the word adamant. She learned a new SAT word this week. Bravo. Look, folks, when someone says that they have a sense of urgency, that they must do something as soon as possible, when it's been, what, four and a half months? Uh, October uh, 7th, it happened. Uh, November, December, January, February. And then we're ha uh, ha uh, half a month past that. Four and a half months. But yes, she is trying to signal the world that they have a sense of urgency to get those hostages out. 
All right, now I want to turn to a world leader and what they had to say about President Trump that made Tony Blinken have a look of stupor on his face that made it evident that the world does not respect him. Albanian, Albanian Prime Minister Eddie Rama held a press conference with wormy U.S. Secretary of State Tony Blinken last week. Uh, Blinken was there on Thursday. During the visit, Blinken held a press conference with the Albanian Prime Minister. And during the presser, Rama defended President Trump on his NATO strategy. You're thinking, I didn't see this uh, covered on the media. After you uh, see this, you'll know why Jim Hoff says no wonder the American media did not report on this presser. Now, if you want me to have, uh, to, to have the American Congress. Now, if you want me to have, uh, to, to have a take on the American Congress and Senate, I think I should not go there because let's say that the American politics nowadays is not at its best. But uh, one thing I can say, I had the privilege to be Prime Minister of Albania in NATO when the foreign president was, uh, was there. And uh, despite the rhetoric, despite uh, the colorful way to confront uh, adversaries, I don't see that NATO was weakened. On the contrary, what was uh, decided before continued to be the case. Every country continued to, to uh, put more money and to put more effort in increasing the NATO budget. So uh, now elections are elections. Trump is Trump. Uh, American politics is American politics. But I think the United States is something more than that. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk. For those of you listening to this on the BCP podcast, it can't seem the visual. It is a look of disbelief and stupor that the Prime Minister of Albania would talk about how President Trump did a good job of having other NATO countries pay their fair share while in a press uh, briefing with the current Secretary of State talking about how U.S. politics right now is not doing so well. No one respects Tony Blinken. It's like he's not even there. And let's not forget that Tony Blinken got the job as Secretary of State after he got the 51 former Intel officials to lie about the Hunter Biden laptop being a Russian operation. How freaking embarrassing. This would be embarrassing to me or to you or to normal people. Probably just frustrating to Tony Blinken. Sociopaths do not have the same sense of shame that the rest of us normal, non-sociopathic folks have. They just don't have it. And that's one of the defining traits of their uh, sociopathy. So 
Chopathy. Tomato. Tomato. Okay. Now let me show you Viktor Orban, the Prime Minister of Hungary. And he also had glowing words for President Trump and how we need to make America great again, again, by having President Trump. These are world leaders supporting President Trump for 2024. We can't interfere in the elections of other countries, but we really want President Donald Trump to return to the White House and make peace here in Eastern Europe. Applause. It is time for another Make America Great Again presidency in America. Now, I've been following politics my whole entire life. My family was always very politically involved and aware. We would talk politics around the kitchen table back when families would sit down and have dinner together. I remember 12 years old, 7th grade, Sepulveda Junior High School, and we'd have homeroom, and I was always excited because the homeroom teacher would ask us, hey, do you know about this or that? And I raised my hand because I was always well aware of what was going on. Now, I've been following politics my whole entire adult life. And I really can't remember any time when world leaders during a U.S. election were very vocal about their preference and were very dismissive of the current president. And in my mind, I've been aware of politics since Reagan. That would be my earliest recollection of politics. This something is true. This is something truly amazing that hasn't been seen before. And that is why everything in DC is about going after Trump and inflating the geriatric. Nothing wrong with being geriatric. President Trump is geriatric. Though, after Trump, I hope we can have younger MAGA presidents. Now, every time I imitate him, last week I imitated him. You know the way he goes like this. He finishes a speech that takes about two and a half minutes because that's when his energy runs out, right? You know, energy. You know, he's got a lot of energy. What happened to that cocaine in the White House? Whatever happened. Everything is about propping up this horrible, fake, crooked president. He's got a lot of energy, this guy. You know, I never spoke about him until they indicted me. And once they indicted me, I can now just speak the way I want to speak. He's a corrupt person. He's a horrible president, the worst we've ever had. The happiest man in our country today is a man named Jimmy Carter because he is considered a brilliant president by comparison. That's true. He's brilliant. Congress ought to impeach crooked Joe Biden for attacking his political opponent by weaponizing the DOJ, FBI, and even local DAs and attorney generals against his opponent, me. Everything's a weaponization against President Trump. And like the other clip I played, and like I said yesterday, they're doing everything they can to make sure that President Trump doesn't come back into office and unless someone can show me differently, it seems like they're on the trajectory to be successful. And it looks like they are successful. Let's take a step back now in warning us time and time again 
that maybe in time for the 2024 election, there's going to be some major event. Is that event going to be disease X? Well, in 2018, they came out talking about disease X. And the next year, the end of 2019, they unleashed COVID. Now they're talking about disease Y, disease Z at the World Government Summit 2024. Seems like we could be seeing that come any day now. History teaches us that the next pandemic is a matter of when, not if. Unfortunately, many of us just listening to this voice know that this is the leader of the World Health Organization and puppet of China, Dr. Tedros. And this is the Director General speaking candidly about the not if but when reality of the next pandemic. This is during his address in Dubai at the World Government Summit, warning us or giving us a heads up what these nefarious, anti-human, evil bastards are up to. It may be caused by an influenza virus or a new coronavirus, or it may be caused by a new pathogen we don't even know about yet, or what we call disease X. There has been a lot of attention on disease X, especially recently. But in fact, it's not a new thing. We first used the term disease X in 2018. It was just the same time I spoke here in this government site uh, summit in 2018. And we used disease X as a placeholder for a disease we don't even know about yet, but for which we can nonetheless prepare. COVID-19 was a disease X, a new pathogen causing a new disease. But there will be another disease X, or a disease Y, or a disease Z. And as things stand, the world remains unprepared for the next disease X and the next pandemic. Is the next pandemic here? I don't know. This may be nothing, but this is kind of interesting. There was a worldwide cruise ship that started in Germany, found itself in San Francisco and between Florida and San Francisco, a whole bunch of people got sick. And the CDC doesn't know what it is. This is the 10 o'clock news on KTVU Fox 2. A cruise ship headed for Hawaii finally set sail from San Francisco after more than 100 people on board come down with a mystery illness. After being delayed for several hours, the Queen Victoria has set sail with dozens of its passengers and crew experiencing an illness. Yeah, the passengers we spoke with say they've been on the ship already for a couple of weeks at this point. It stopped here in San Francisco for a couple of days, one of the many stops on this voyage. And they say the crew told them when they went to Florida a few days ago that crew members and passengers were beginning to get sick. Originating from Germany on January 9th, passengers caught wind of trouble on day 13 after leaving Florida. Yes, we'd left 
Port Canaveral and then it was announced that people were getting ill and that they had to take the extra precautions. Cunard Cruise Line, the company that operates the ship, tells KTVU guests had reported symptoms of gastrointestinal illness. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, out of the more than 1,800 passengers, 128 got sick, along with 25 of the more than 900 crew. The CDC says the main symptoms are diarrhea and vomiting. It's unclear how many may still be sick tonight, Julie. Once again, it could be, I don't know, E. coli. It could be a outbreak due to some sort of food poisoning. But the CDC doesn't know. And they keep referring to it as a mystery illness. But they sent their people on their way. Watch out for those of you in Hawaii. Uh, we also have this from the National Library of Medicine over the NIH. Uh, they're doing lots of study about this mysterious respiratory illness outbreak in China being reported by the NIH last month, January 2024. Could be nothing, but I'm just giving those data points. So if th something <laughs> happens, you'll know that uh, we were starting to see the signs before. But it doesn't matter what, what happens. They're just going to give people and somehow quickly develop a vaccine and then sell that vaccine and Pfizer can get back in to getting those big profits. Well, we've got this from Richard Hirschman again. If you recall, I featured Richard Hirschman. He is an embalmer who showed us what they were pulling out of these cadavers. And now we've got this latest tweet from him. This is a video of me removing one of the strange white fibrous clots from the right jugular vein. The person who was recording it is Nikki King, who is also an embalmer. I didn't notice it until I lifted the vessel up. I could feel it inside the vein. I only chose because people still don't believe it and ask for video evidence. What's causing this? I can't say for sure, but I didn't start seeing this until early 2021. Unfortunately, I still find strange clotting in several bodies that I embalm. What could possibly have changed since early 2021 that these weird, white, rubbery, fibrous things are clotting in people's bloods and calling them, causing them to die? Let's look at this video, not for the squeamish. I, I didn't have a problem with it, but some people were squeamish. This is Richard Hirschman pulling out one of these white, fibrous, rubbery, white clots out of a jugular vein. Clot in here. Did be wrong. Oh no, there it is. Pulling it. This is the jugular vein. For those of you listening to the BCP podcast, he pulls out this long fibrous thing. He stretches it out like a rubber band and he it actually breaks. He doesn't get the whole thing out. It breaks before he can pull the whole thing out. 
and then the, the, the broken portion he puts on his hand and it's about as big as his hand going from uh, the tip of one of his fingers down to almost his wrist. And that was a piece because part of it broke off. I mentioned a second ago that I was showing Richard Hirschman again. Hopefully this is a reminder for those of you that have been on the show for a while here. This is his tweet from August 11th of last year. Democrats, Republicans, liberals, far left or right, white or black, male or female, rich or poor. This is what I see coming out of the circulatory system during the embalming process since early 2021. In the prior 20 years, I don't recall ever seeing this before. Something is causing this problem. I think we should try to figure it out because I see it quite often now. May God help us. And he posted pictures of these little vials with these white fibrous rubbery substances he's pulling out of these bodies. And he is still pulling them out. Hirschman relayed that while initial theories suggested parasites are worms, these have been ruled out by ongoing investigations. The focus now is on proteins that could potentially form before or after death and the mechanisms that cause them to aggregate. There are people who are investigating this. Parasites or worms so far have been ruled out. I understand that they often look like worms or parasites, but then again, I've been told they are not. Getting close, it sounds like these are proteins. They are and can form before and after death. They are also trying to identify the proteins and understand the mechanisms that causes them to bind together. I feel helpless because I don't have the answer and I have friends who I am genuinely concerned about. Once we have a better understanding, hopefully we can find solutions to help the people. Well, I don't know. Spike proteins? Why would he be worried about his uh, friends? Unless, of course, maybe those friends may have taken something from Pfizer or Moderna or even Johnson & Johnson. Remember, Johnson & Johnson was not an mRNA vaccine, though it wasn't safe either. And remember, remember when they tried to, uh, immediately they came out, it's so funny, immediately they came out and said, oh, Johnson & Johnson is causing uh, myocarditis and other things. And they put, a, they put a pause on it before they started again. Like they wanted to, Blame everything immediately on Johnson & Johnson. I'm telling you, we live in a very evil world and Pfizer and Moderna were paying the bigger bucks. They had to protect that mRNA and not let people know how dangerous these spike proteins and these vaccines that aren't vaccines but are actually bioweapons. Oh yeah, and guess what? I don't know, maybe they just can't call us conspiracy theories uh, theorists any longer. Here is a study. COVID-19 vaccines and adverse events of special interest, a multinational global vaccine data network cohort study 99 million vaccinated individuals. And what did they find, folks? In a groundbreaking multinational study conducted by the Global Vaccine Data Network, researchers have shed light on the safety of the COVID-19 vaccines among a cohort of 99 million vaccinated individuals. I don't know about you, but 100 million guinea pigs, if you look at that data, you're probably going to get some pretty, you're going to be able to grow, uh, draw some pretty good and convincing conclusions from that. I'm just saying. Let's see what they found. The study, spanning multiple countries, aimed to evaluate adverse effects, adverse events of special interest following COVID-19 vaccinations, providing a crucial insight into the vaccine safety. Similar countries included in the study are Denmark, New Zealand, Argentina, Canada, in Canada that was Ontario and British Columbia, Finland, 
Australia, New South Wales, and Victoria, and Scotland. The study was published at the world's leading scientific publisher and data analytics company for more than 140 years, Elsevier. And that I showed you here, this Elsevier uh, is that who, studied, who, who published the study. The study confirmed known safety signals for conditions such as myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, Jelaine-Barr syndrome, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Joulon-Barré syndrome, and cerebral venomous sinus thrombosis, while also identifying potential new safety signals that warrant further investigation. According to the result, the study covered 99,068,901 vaccinated individuals, analyzing administration of 184,000 doses of Pfizer, 36, actually 183 million, that's right, doses of, uh, almost 184 million doses of Pfizer, 36 million doses of Moderna, and 23 million doses of Oxford AstraZeneca vaccines. Experts chose these 13 health issues to keep a close eye on after people get their COVID-19 vaccines. The health issues they're watching were picked from a list made by a group called the Brighton Collaboration uh, SPIAC Project. They chose these specific issues because they are the same ones for which recent data on how common they are were collected by some research sites. So what are these? Okay, among the issues are neurological conditions like Julian Barré syndrome, a rare nerve disorder, transverse myelitis, inflammation of the spinal cord, Bell's palsy, sudden facial muscle weakness, acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, myelitis, a brief but widespread attack of inflammation in the brain and spinal cord. Nothing to worry about. I mean, come on. Rare nerve disorders and inflammation of the spinal cord and uh, a widespread attack of inflammation of the brain and spinal cord. This is not things we need to worry about. Just take an Advil and call me in the morning. And seizures, convulsions that can happen with or without fever. They're paying special attention to these because there have been some reports of these issues after vaccination. They're also looking at blood clotting issues, including clots in the brain's veins, clots in the abdomen's veins, and lung clots because these could be signs of a rare clotting problem linked to the vaccine. Low platelet counts and specific immune response causing low, low platelets and also being watched due to their connection to these clotting issues. Lastly, myocarditis and pericarditis, which are types of heart inflammation, are being monitored. Each of these conditions is being looked at separately to understand how they happen after vaccination. Nothing to see here, folks. If you didn't take the vaccine, you're crazy because you could have given it to somebody as we found out that the people who got the vaccine were more prone to get it because the vaccine actually gave you and gives you and the boosters give you the sickness because it lowers your defense system and doesn't work. Therefore, a bioweapon. Now, in the comment section below, for those of you on Spotify, Patreon, and Locals, can you please put down, if you know anyone who has had any of these, if you know anyone who's died because of the vaccine, my wife has two family members that got uh, Bell's palsy. One of them still has the effects of it. It was really bad. 
uh, for those of you who can't see, I'm making that face, that, Bo that Bell's palsy face. And they're doing a lot better, but you can, like, it's not all the way like this. It's just slightly, but it's been a couple years now and they still have it. And they got their boosters because they didn't want to get sick. It breaks our heart when they tell us a story. Another person in her family got it, recovered from that, had it for like a week, was scared the hell out of them. They recovered, but they've gotten COVID like seven times in the last three years. But it would have been worse, they tell my wife, if they hadn't gotten their boosters. So, so sad. And of course, we know people who have passed away because of it. And another family member of my wife, I don't think really anyone in my family taken it, on my side of the family's taken it. But we have a family member on my wife's side who was adamant about not taking the vaccine. One of their friends died because of COVID, didn't take the vaccine, and then they got the first dose of the vaccine and then came their, sexes, uh, their senses and never got the second dose. Them and their spouse. Okay, so let me just give you the conclusion from the study. Here's what the study found out about how certain health issues showed up after people got their COVID-19 vaccines. The neurological conditions, after getting the first dose of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, there was a noticeable increase in the Julian Barr the GBS syndrome, where the body's immune system attacks its nerves. Acute disseminated uh, ADE. ADEM, Adam, a rare brain and spinal cord inflammation, also popped up more than expected after the first Moderna vaccine dose. And other neurological issues like uh, myelitis, Bell's palsy, and seizures occurred more than usual after some doses of these vaccines. Okay, the blood clot and platelet conditions, uh, that was found after the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine first dose. So people are getting it after the first dose. And that was linked to more cases of cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, a type of blood clot in the brain than expected. And then when it comes to Oxford, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Moderna vaccines, there was more instances of low platelet counts and pulmonary embolism, blood clots in the lungs. Some vaccines also led to an increase in vein thrombosis. Okay, let's go to heart conditions. Uh, this was seen a lot in the Pfizer and Moderna Cases of myocarditis were significantly higher than expected after the first, second, and third doses. Don't forget to get that third dose booster. And then pericarditis, inflammation of the heart's outer layer, was seen with the Mordena vaccine and the third dose of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. I'm going through this, folks, because some of you have taken these vaccines, and I think it's important for you to know what some of these adverse effects are specific to the vaccine and or booster you may have taken. These heart-related findings were considered important safety signals that need attention. And the conclusion, what this means, the study noticed that after getting a certain COVID-19 vaccine doses, some people experience health issues like nerve and heart problems or blood clots more than what was expected by the so-called experts. So uh, we're going to be dealing with this, folks, for years to come. Depopulation. There's more than one way to control us, to scare us, and to depopulate us. Hey, look, they may not get us with disease X this year, 
They maybe just, I don't know, plague the world with a world war. A couple things happened over the last 24, 48 hours we should be aware of. Uh, for instance, we've got this. We've got the extinction of the bombing being done by Israel far, far into Lebanon. What's happening here, for those listening, is a bombing that someone's filming off of the balcony of their apartment. Looks like almost a penthouse. Looks like it might be a nice apartment uh, in the Sidon area of, of Lebanon, an area that's considerably north, farther north than where the usual fighting has been taking place. So is it that the uh, Israel is taking the war even further into Lebanon and other places than they have been? Just something to be aware of. And then uh, we've got this going on. Breaking yesterday, Yemen's Houthis have just released footage showing the downing of a second U.S. MQ-9 Reaper drone as the Red Sea crisis escalates. The $30 million American drone was shot down with a $10,000 missile. Simultaneously, a British cargo ship in the Gulf of Aden made a, uh, met a similar fate, sunk and abandoned by its crew, following a Houthi attack. Expressing gratitude to, quote, God Almighty, a Houthi spokesperson reported, uh, the Yemeni air forces were able to shoot down an American aircraft with a suitable missile. The Houthis previously shot down an MQ-9 Reaper in November off the coast of Yemen. The U.S. and U.K. have carried out a number of joint strikes in Yemen, vowing to continue if the Houthis do not cease their attacks. If they do not cease their attacks. But James, that's over there. Okay, well, let's talk about possible, probable enemy combatants within the United States, within our borders. Check this out uh, from Griff Jenkins over at Fox News. Fox encountered three Syrian men in Jacumba, California. They will receive additional screening when they are processed because Syria is designated by the U.S. as a state sponsor of terror. But yeah, they were able to easily invade our southern border and walk right in. And this is the exchange that Griff Jenkins and Fox News had with three of these Syrians. Where are you from? Syria. Syria? Syria. Ah, what's your name? Milad. Milad? Why did you come to the U.S.? Uh, why coming to U.S.? No? No English. Okay. Where are you from? From Syria. Syria? English? So, so. Why are you coming to the U.S.? Why come? Because we, uh, we love America and uh, we need uh, a nice style, a nice life. Yeah, uh, coming for jobs? Yeah, a nice job, a nice... Uh, because uh, our country uh, uh, very weird. What's your name? Danny. Danny. Good luck. Thank you. Where are you from? Ahmed. Syria. Syria, too? What's your name? Ahmed. Ahmed? Ahmed. Uh, same question. Why do you come to the U.S.? Uh, Arabic, no. Spanish. Where are you from? Military-aged men leaving their wives behind, coming here 
don't speak the language, how are they supposed to survive? How are they supposed to work? Are they going to be slaves to paying off the cartels that they are now indentured servants to, aka slaves to? Or because these guys may become uh, with money or with another nefarious purpose? Or maybe they're just here to work. But why we want people who don't speak English and came in illegally and we don't know who they are and they're not vetted. And it wasn't just people from the state sponsor of terror, Syria, but we have uh, encountered lots of Chinese. Aren't the Chinese our foe on the geopolitical stage? Don't they want to undermine us? Should we not be concerned about military-age Chinese men coming through unvetted, illegally through our borders? This is a Chinese illegal alien telling Griff Jenkins why he illegally crossed into the United States. Where in the U.S. do you want to go? Uh, yes. Where in China are you from? Uh, I come from Guangzhou. Where? Guangzhou. Guangzhou? Yeah. Where in the U.S. do you want to go? Um, do, you, do you know maybe. what city? Yes, maybe. What city do you want to go to? Um, I don't know. Yeah? I don't know. Okay. Why did you come? Um, take money. Money? Yes. For job? Yes. There's no job in China. Um, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Where in China are you from? He says he wants to take that money. Um, take money. Maybe he meant to say he wants to make that money. But he's correct because illegal aliens take that money. They take that taxpayer money that isn't meant for them. That taxpayer money that the Democrats have been overtaxing us to help the children and the black people. Except now the children, the black people aren't important. They had no money for programs for black and brown and the elderly. But magically, they have money for these illegal aliens. And the little money they did have for after-school programs and other programs for black and brown kids, well, they're getting kicked to the curb now for illegal aliens as well. Check this out. This was over on uh, Libs of TikTok. Democrats never cared about average Americans, especially low-income communities, it, should surpri- it shouldn't surprise anyone that they would take community resources away from kids and give it to illegal aliens. It's a travesty. It's beyond shameful, but isn't surprising. What's that in reference to? That's in reference to this. Democrats in the predominantly black neighborhood of Roxbury in Boston turned a rec center into a housing facility for illegals. A kid showed up for baseball practice, and this is what happened to him. It's been two weeks since the Melnaic Cash Recreational Community Center in Roxbury was converted into an emergency shelter for migrant families. Hundreds of beds now cover the indoor track and soccer fields where neighborhood children like 12-year-old Jeremiah Rodriguez thought he had baseball practice this weekend. We were usually practice. And what happened when you went here today? Uh, they were closed. Closed to the public as dozens of families are now living in the shelter who are at one point sleeping in Logan Airport as the state shelter system is stretched to the limit. Overall, it has been uh, putting some pressure on the capacity of our system. It's okay to help, but I don't think that's the place to do it because kids 
and family go and enjoy. As a community, voicing our opinion and our, our concerns for the youth center and the elderly programs going down there, and it just seemed like our voices weren't heard. In an effort to mobilize the community, activist Clifton Braithwaite held a neighborhood meeting at 1102 Blue Community Center in event space in Roxbury, where folks voiced their concerns. We wanted to give a, a clear message right. that you're taking away resources from not only from Boston, but Massachusetts for illegal immigrants who paid nothing to our taxes. That was a black guy, for those of you not watching the video and listening to this. He must be a racist because it's racist not to want illegal aliens to get resources that they did not provide the tax funds that pay for said resources. He must be some kind of MAGA, right-wing extremist, white supremacist and all the other nonsense that the left throws at you when you use what used to be called common sense. Now, we, I guess we should just call it sense. The Recreational Center is a vital resource for youth and adult programs. The decision to make it a temporary home until May 31st for migrant families is called humanitarian and also difficult for some. I'm just looking to talk and network with other people in my community and mm -hmm. be educated by them. We care about our immigrants, brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. right? But it has to be a fair balance. Mm -hmm. How can you tell people that was down at Mass and at Cass, Mass Ave, for over 10 years, there was no money for them, and now you found money? Well, that's a good question. But that black guy must be a racist, too. Because it's racist to say, how is it they have money for these poor, illegal immigrants that are escaping all the horrors of their own countries? And we should help them even if it's to the detriment of young black boys coming to baseball practice, of which there is none, so that criminals could sleep for free in facilities built for brown children. And let's not forget the reality of what's really going on here. Let's go to New York City. Illegal immigrants bringing their gang ties and violent crime to Sanctuary City, New York. We could see that. You think these guys who beat the cops didn't know they were cops. They didn't have a culture of thuggery and violence to law enforcement. They're gang members who brought that from other places. But hey, let's end with this. New York has its priorities straight. There may be lots of crime, but don't worry. The New York Police Department and their people are recruiting for their dance team. I kid you not. So when they are not serving and protecting the community, these members of the NYPD like to bust a move. Oh, yes. Okay. They are the NYPD dance team, and they are looking for a few good people who share their passion for dancing. Joining us are some members of the squad and the president, Autumn Rain Martinez. Oh, but it appears to me that if you want to be a member of this dancing squad of New York Police Department dancers, you have to be a woman you can't actually have good dance skills or maybe you just have to identify as a woman. I'll let you be the judge. Now for our podcast listeners, 
We've got seven women here. Six of the seven looks like they could say no to no meal. And look, I'm not fat shaming. Do not forget that I am 28 pounds lighter than I was about a year, year and a half ago. So I know what it's like to not say no to a meal. And I know how much willpower and how much it uh, costs to go walk every day, exercise every day, intermittent fast, not eat after 10 p.m., not eat before 3 p.m. I know the willpower that it takes to do that. And no fat shaming. Mrs. BCP was chunky for years. And she inspired me about two years ago. She said, enough is enough. I'm in my 40s and this is not going to get any easier. And between her membership and paying for uh, a trainer at the local gym, she's been doing her part to inspire me. So no fat shaming. And plus, let's not forget, I joked about this the other day, but it's kind of true. I'm half black and Latino. Culturally, we like our girls big. But really, I mean, I can't, I can't, everything, we have to have some levity. We have to have some fun. But it's funny that in the middle of this crime spree in New York City, the, uh, the human interest story out there in New York is the New York Police Department is looking for some new people to join their dance team. Maybe because they don't dance very well and they need someone to add some spice and some talent. May I suggest someone to be on your squad? How about Boogie Woogie Hunter Biden? All right, that's a wrap. Please give me your comments down below. Big hug, ciao, goodbye, God bless. Hasta mañana. We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.